While you're seated, breathe in through your nose and breathe out through your nose. We don't want particles coming out of your mouth. So just take a big breath in and a big breath out, all right? Let this be one of those times that you go, okay, all the planning, all the prep, all the, all the gift buying, whether you're done or not, I guess you have maybe a few hours left if you get out there uh, immediately after this service and purchase a few things, but it's all done, okay? It's finished. We're here. It's present. But it's not only I want you to breathe in and breathe out because, man, 2020 is nearly finished, right? Anybody going to say an amen to that one? Uh, not that it's going to change. Somebody said it to me like this the other day. Maybe this is the first year of seven years of tribulation. It's like, that's not a happy thought. And so anyway, whatever the case may be, breathe in, breathe out because we need to somehow find some serenity, find some calm, find some peace. I'm glad we sang that last song that the Prince of Peace is with us. And so we want to honor and celebrate that today because I know you and I, and I've experienced this just even this past Saturday. I was talking to two or three, actually three different people in one day dealing with what they're dealing with on the inside. One young lady shared with me how she's literally going to the doctor seeking some medical help just to deal with the anxiety that she's under. Another single man texted me, hey, right now COVID is kicking me and fill in the blank and I am so depressed right now. Would you pray for me? And and so then there was another person who reached out and said, hey, I have a family member that moved to the area during COVID. They don't know anybody. They haven't met hardly anybody and now they have COVID. And so would you just go by and show some love? And so we took a gift bag by, dropped it on the door, rang the doorbell, stepped away just again to say that, hey, we care. Grace Point cares, we care. And even last week, because we've known, you've told us as Grace Point family, you know people that feel isolated and alone and and are dealing with depression and discouragement. And we want to show love. And so we gave out 150 just gift bags last week through your generous giving throughout the year. We've been able to put them together and there's still about another 150 out there. And as long as they're there, then they're free to take. So please do this. Go bless somebody that you know is discouraged. Go honor somebody. Go love somebody who is feeling in the doldrums right now. And just give them a bag and just say, hey, this is from me and my church. And we just want to say we love you because, again, the anxiety, the tension is out there. And I just want to say this. The war on the inside is really produced or it comes from this war on the outside. We got this war on the inside, the war on the outside, and there's tension out here and there's tension inside of our hearts. And where does it come from and where is it going from? Uh, going to, uh, I was uh, reading an article recently and it was talking about how in this current culture that we're in, that depression and anxiety is on a threefold increase. Okay, now this didn't come just some, some Reader's Digest. This came from the Journal of American Medical Association. Three times what is normal depression going on is what we are experiencing in our society today. This is what one doctor said in that article. He said, the pandemic has also spawned a mental health crisis beyond any 
thing I have seen in 25 years of caring for patients. I know you didn't come to talk about COVID, but I tease it up so well to say that maybe wonder if we might be seeing the climax of what we need to find out there is hope and peace and encouragement. And we find it in a savior named Jesus. And I really believe that. And that's not just me giving you some sales pitch about the Jesus thing. It's me truly believing it. I could not have survived without my times alone with Jesus, without people speaking scripture, without my wife praying for me at critical hours during this whole season that we've gone through. It's not been easy for any of us. But here's what we've come in this series as we've been unwrapping the, the gift of Jesus is that Jesus is our wonderful counselor. He is with us and he is for us. The counsel that he gives us will be the very best timeless counsel that you will want to take and live it out in your life. Don't debate the counselor. Follow the counselor. We've been talking about this from Isaiah chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, you can be fine there. Because also it says in Isaiah 9 that Jesus is our mighty God. He is not a mini God and he is not one of many gods. He is the mighty God and he is the one and only God. And if we can rest on that fact, then nothing in front of us, nothing behind us, nothing in our present existence is greater than our God. And so I hope you know that, hope you experience that. Jesus, we talked about this on Sunday. Jesus is our eternal father. He is incredible and unimaginable. I can't, I can't comprehend him. Because he is both transcendent and he is imminent. He is eternal and I can't put my arms around eternal. And he is also our father and you can put your arms around a father. So how is he both near and far and imminent and transcendent? That's just Jesus for us. That he is with us and he is beyond us in, 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 in an incredible way. But also today, I want to close this prophecy, this 2,800 year ago prophecy given 800 years before Jesus in the book of Isaiah when it says that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. He is our Prince of Peace, not just a source of peace, an avenue of peace, a, a an option for peace. He is the Prince. The highest form of peace that you could possibly have is found in Jesus. And I hope you know that in this season. I know I'm having to remind myself of that message again and again and again. Look at Isaiah 9 verses 6 to 7 as we, as we read this passage. For to us, now again, you feel like you're reading the Bethlehem times of, uh, uh, of, of century zero, okay? when you're reading this, but you're reading something that was written 800 years before. Okay, that's that's pretty significant. The accuracy, the, the on track, the on target message behind this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. No, it's not just a child, it's a son. And the government will be upon his shoulders, Roman, oppressed, Roman, ruled, Roman, crucified on a Roman cross, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Say these with me. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace, there will be no end. I'm looking forward to that day that the peace will be no end. But the reality is I can start living in it today and I can grow in it. We have used a simple outline throughout this entire series of messages. Because if you look at it, Every single time it gives us a person and it gives us a promise. 
Jesus is our counselor, but he's not just our counselor. Okay, there's lots of counselors out there. He's our wonderful counselor. Jesus is not just a God, one of many gods. He is the mighty God. He is not just a a father. There's lots of fathers, right? He is the eternal father. Every time, in every one of these descriptions, in every one of these names for Jesus, there is a promise and there's a person. Who is Jesus? Who is he that we are unwrapping this season, uh, in, in this time? Jesus, number one, let's talk about the person. Jesus is the peace. He is our peace. He is our source of hope. He is our source of tranquility and calm in the midst of the storm. I've talked with some of y'all in this room who've had horrible doctor's reports given to you in this year. Some have had horrible relationship experiences in this year, have had loss of job in this year, have dealt with COVID. We've had over 50 of our families in our church that we're loving on that have had COVID. Thank the Lord every single, and this needs an amen at the end, so get ready. Every single one has recovered. Amen to that. All right. Every single one has recovered, so we're rejoicing in that. But the reality is, is that wears us down. We need peace. You're not going to find peace in a pill. You're not going to find peace in a promise. You're not going to find peace in a place. I've tried all that, okay? You're not going to find peace in a place, okay? I love going to nature. You you put me on top of a mountain, you put me down in a valley, and I will feel peaceful. But all of a sudden, I have to get in the car and come back to the hard edges of the city. I have to come back to the notifications on my phone that I turned off. I have to come back to the reality of life, and peace somehow seeps out. You don't, you don't find it in a, in a promise. There have been more peace treaties signed over the years that have been broken over the years. Almost every single peace treaty that's ever been signed has been broken. So you don't get it in a promise. You don't get it in a pill. You can take a pill on top of a pill to take care of the other pills that you've got to have just to fix the problem of lack of peace. You find peace in a person. In a person. Do you know the prince of peace? David struggled with this. I'll give you just a quick example. David in the Bible struggled with peace. There were times in his life because of the rebellion of his heart, because of his own choosing his own pathway. He literally, and this is what one author calls it. I love it. I'm going to use it more and more often, so get ready for it. He vandalized his soul. He vandalized shalom. See, when God created us, he created us in this perfect order that was beautiful and awesome and good and tranquil and all the ecosystems of life and rhythms of life lined up. But what entered into this world was a vandalism of the soul. And whenever we vandalize our soul, we vandalize the shalom of our life. Shalom is a Hebrew word that whenever you're in Israel, you walk into a store. They're going to say shalom. When you walk out of that store, they're going to say shalom. What are they saying? When you come in, come in peace. When you go out, go in peace. Peace, peace, peace. But as David, when he owned, lived his own selfish life, he said for... And he ran from God for a year for the sin in his life. He tried to fix it himself. And this is what happened to him in Psalm 32, verse 2. He says, and when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through the groanings all day long. His shalom, his peace was messed with. How did he? He went to God in prayer in Psalm 32. He went to God in prayer in Psalm 51. He restored peace, not in a pill, not in a promise or any other means. He restored the peace of his soul in a relationship with a person called God. 
And if you also look at even there were times that he had people coming at him. So sometimes war is coming at us. Well, war came at him and he, people wanted to kill him, sabotage him, destroy him, undercut his character. And it led him into to pits and valleys of depression. Read the book of Psalms. You'll get so much uh, uh, of identifying with it. Psalm 42, 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Can you not identify with that? At some point over this past year, turmoil inside of yourself. What does David do? Does he turn to a pill, to a place? He turns to a person. He said in the very next word, hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He found peace in a person. And he found peace. We find peace in the prince of peace. Literally, when you look at the life of Jesus, you find where he was suffering, about to go to the cross, and his friends were already betraying him. He was, knew he was going to the cross, but he never lost his peace. See, the best gift, the most precious gift that you'll ever get in life is the presence of his presence in you. His presence in you will be the greatest present you will ever get in your life. If you don't know the prince of peace, then you're missing out on the true peace of life. And it's more than, again, a season that we go through. But when Jesus was on the cross, he was literally giving up his life, or before he goes to the cross to give up his life. In in John chapter 14, it says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. There was an African, you know, uh, if you've been around Grace Point, we're a part of our Christmas offering this year is we're going to help Bible translate a, 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 the book of Genesis for a people group in Asia, the, the little horse people that don't have a Bible. There's very few Christians totally inside uh, of the entire people group, and we're trying to get a Bible in their language. We're doing the book of Genesis this year, and so please join with us in that. Bible translation is not easy. It's cross-cultural, it's cross-languages, it's, it, there's so much diversity in it and complexity to it. Well, there was a, there was a situation where uh, an African tribal group was getting the Bible translated in their language, but they had no word for peace. The entire people group had no word for peace. So the Bible translator was doing the best he could to describe what peace would look like, feel like, act like, be inside of us. What it would literally feel like inside of you if you had peace. And this is the phrase that they landed on as the phrase that they would translate into that tribal people group. Peace I leave with you. This is how they translated. I will make your heart set down. Sometimes I think our heart's pacing the floor. Sometimes I think our heart, my heart is up all night anxious. Well, when your heart sets down, you've found peace. And you don't find peace until you find peace in Jesus Christ. Is he your peace? Second, the promise. Jesus is a prince. And when I say that, he's the prince. He's not a source of peace. He is the source of peace. I'll tell you about a man who lived in great turmoil, a man who persecuted people, was in charge of killing Christians. His name was Saul, but he encounters this Jesus. He encounters the Prince of Peace. Jesus transforms his life. And listen to the words that he uses to describe what peace looks like. 
feels like, the value add that he puts on, the price tag that he assesses the peace of being. He said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. You can't even understand it. That's why it's hard to explain. It's hard to put your arms around. Peace is such a, um, uh, such a mystical part. But once you have it, you never want to lose it. And once you know that Jesus is not just a source, but he is the source, he is the prince. When Isaiah was writing this, this country that he's writing to, Judah, is in complete turmoil. They just lost a king that they had had for five decades. Uzziah was dead. And now Syria and Israel, Israel and Judah are divided nations. Syrial, Israel, Israel and Syria are combining forces and they're going to attack Judah. So they're politically at unrest. They are financially at unrest. They, their security of the future is at unrest. There's complete unrest. And what, is, what, what happens to Isaiah? Isaiah says, listen, there's coming a prince of peace. What does Jesus bring? What does Jesus, the supreme one who brings more peace and most lasting peace, what does he bring? Where does he bring the peace to? He brings peace to us in our relationship with God. That's the first place. And that's the most important place. We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans says. We have peace with God. Listen, in, in, the, in the new year, I know it's, it seems like a long ways off, but it's literally just two weekends away. So it, we're really close to 2021. On January the 3rd, we're going to kick off a new series called Origin. We won't be here next week. Okay, do not come next Sunday, Sunday the, the 27th. We're going to be at home worship. We have an at home worship opportunity for you. You can text in and you can get in and, and, and do it at home and do it as a family together. But on the 3rd of January, we're going to start the Origin series. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to study God's perfect design. In all the month of January, we're going to just study how God created the world, how it was perfect, how it was beautiful, how it was good, how it was right, how all the systems were working together, all the cylinders were firing equally, how it was a good, good time. We're going to take an entire month to study two chapters. But what's going to happen in February is we're going to study chapter three. And you're going to see a different world happening there. And what happens is there's a division that happens between God and man. But what does Jesus do? Jesus steps in and he reconciles it. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to read Romans 5, 1 with me. Read it with me. Here it is on the screen. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you can say that. That's why I'm saying he's the Prince of Peace. He is the ultimate. But we also have peace with others. One of the birthmarks of a believer is that you become a peacemaker. Now, don't confuse this with a peacekeeper, okay? A peacekeeper can sometimes be passive, kick the can down the road, doesn't want to deal with conflict. A peacemaker deals with conflict, but he deals with conflict. She deals with conflict to establish peace, deals with the dark, deals with the ugly, talks about it, brings it into the light so that there can be peace, so that it can be reconciliation. Blessed are the peacemakers, it says, Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, for they are called the sons of God. Again, when you know Jesus, you know peace. When you know Jesus, you know the Prince of Peace, and you are reconciled with God, and you are also reconciled with others. But here's also something that's beautiful, is we have peace within ourselves. We have peace within ourselves. I, uh, 
I look at this verse that I'm about to read to you and I go, this is one of those that would describe 2020. It says at the back part of the verse, in this world you will have tribulation. We have lived in tribulation. But in the first part of the verse it says this, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. God wants us to have peace. Wants you and I to live with peace inside of our hearts. Again, we won't get it through any other outside means except for the prince of peace. The kind that will take you through a storm. That even when Jesus is being betrayed by his friends, he's sweating drops like blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's about to go to the cross. What is Jesus doing? He is giving out, he is doling out his peace. That's the incredible Prince of Peace. It doesn't change just because the world around us is changing. Thomas Merton said it like this, Man is not at peace with his fellow man because he's not at peace with himself. He is not at peace with himself because he is not at peace with God. If we do not have peace with God, we will not have peace with ourselves and we will not, cannot expect peace with others. Do you have peace? with God. It starts there, it moves to others, and then it moves to ourselves and it moves to others. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to throat punch COVID-19. Uh, kind of tired of it. Anybody else want to jump in on that, on, that, on that beating in the backyard? Um, so this is Lori and I in five days. We will celebrate 30 years of marriage. She's put up with me for 30 years. Yes, give her a round of applause. Um, 30 years. And I, we were planning an incredible trip together. Uh, we were going to go diving in, in, uh, in Cozumel and we were looking forward to that. If you've never gone diving, it is incredible, beautiful, awesome, but COVID, right? You have to blame everything on COVID, right? So blaming it, that on COVID, that's going to be delayed. But here's something that I like about that because I'm a person that has to look for peace. I find peace in those waters. It doesn't matter when you're out on the oceans and the water's up and down and you can be in the, in this boat going out to go deep sea diving and have five to eight foot swells of water and you're trying to get your equipment on to get into the water. But the most incredible thing happens when you get in the water, you get your regulator set, you start sinking down, submerging into the water within five, maybe 10, maybe 15, maybe 20 feet. All of a sudden, everything goes peaceful and calm. If you've never done it, I recommend it. It is the most serene, most, you don't hear anything. No notifications are coming in. It is beautiful. And you get down there and you realize you're in another world of which two thirds of the world is underwater. So you're in more of the world than the rest of uh, of us above ground. And you are with God and his creation in a, a beautiful way. But what is incredible is the fact that you can have such a storm above and find such tranquility below. In fact, there's a place in the sea that's called the cushion of the sea that literally it is a quiet, still bed of water that no matter if there's a hurricane above, that at the cushion of the sea, it is complete tranquil. It's where submarines will submerge and go underwater and wait for the storm above to 
pass. They have found plant life and fish at this marine life, at the, at the cushion of the sea that they don't find anywhere else. And it's so delicate that when they bring it to the surface, it would never survive in tumultuous waters. The cushion of the sea. When I think about Jesus being my Prince of Peace, that's what I think about. No matter what hurricane is above, There's a cushion of the sea in the presence of Jesus inside of me that gives me a tranquility, a serenity, a calm. And if you don't know Jesus like that, my friends, you're missing out on the greatest presence that you could ever have. And that's the presence of Jesus in you, a part of you. And that's why we come and we receive. And that's why we talk about week over week. And that's why we celebrate. And that's what we sing about. It's good. So incredible when you walk in that reality. It's like it's not enough to keep it for ourselves. We get to celebrate that Jesus is our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting father, and our prince of peace. But listen, I can't keep that to myself. We come every year at this time. And we celebrate with the giving of gifts, giving of offerings. And over the past years, we've been able to celebrate this in some incredible fashion. Over the past, uh, in fact, our Christmas offering this year is going in two directions. And here in a moment, we're going to give you that opportunity to be a part of that if you are a part of our faith family, okay? We're not asking outsiders. You don't have to. You're just a guest with us today. But if you're a part of our family and you want to join in the kingdom work of this, then we invite you. But this is something that Lori and I have been committed to for the past uh, 11 years that we've been doing this as a church. And I went back and I looked at all the different offerings that we've did. Because what Lori and I have committed to is that we're going to, there's five people in our family. That we're going to have a sixth person in our family every year. And whatever that gift giving, exchange giving is going to be, there's always going to be the equal amount given to that Christmas offering. And what we've been able to be a part of in that time is putting bricks on an orphanage in Zambia to build an orphan home. To buy a bus for that same orphan uh, orphanage so that they can take the kids to the, to, to the dentist for the very first time in their life. To be able to help with human trafficking in South Asia. To give ladies a new skill. A safe home. And resources. Through the past Christmas offerings, we've been able to drill 12 wells in 12 months in northern and central Mozambique. And we've been to see every single one of those wells. The past couple of years, we were able to give our Christmas offering to help refugees that were coming out of Iran, Iraq, and Syria. This family on the screen was a Christian family living in Iran that was being persecuted, that fled for their life, listen, across Iran, across Iraq, across Syria, across Turkey, makes it to Greece, was living on the streets, found this Christian organization that we work with, and we helped provide a home for them for six months through our Christmas offering. God has been able to allow us to do incredible things through this time. Over the past 11 years, we've given as a church, as a family, $1,320,031.00. And 77 cents to these and other causes. 
That's all. Thank the Lord for that. It's your generosity. Oh, averaging about 120000 a year this year, we want to help with a Bible translation project. But this year, we're also, t- anything above the Bible translation project is going right back into Northwest Arkansas community. This past week alone, we were able to give gifts to 200 Mercy Healthcare workers across 30 different departments and clinics outside of the hospital because the hospital is, we've shown them love and other people have shown them love, but there are clinics that are on the front lines that haven't been getting the love and we've been able to help them this week with 200 gifts. We've got the gift bags. It's awesome as a church to not only to receive Jesus as my wonderful counselor, my mighty God, my everlasting father and my prince of peace, but it's awesome when I can give Jesus and be a part of that. This is an opportunity for you. We're going to give you some time and space to do two things. To consider giving. There's a, there's a ways to give. You can text GPC uh, give to 97000 and do it right now. You can go online and do that. This is just your opportunity for that. But it's also an opportunity for you to pray. Would you take time right now and just listen to the Prince of Peace in you. And listen to what he's wanting to say in you. And also, would you take time to pray for a people group on the other side of the world who need to know Jesus called the Little Horse People? Father God, in this space, in this time, would you work in our midst? Would you show us peace? Peace not in any other means, but in you from any other source other than you. And Lord, would we just for a moment live in that peace, exist in that peace, but then Lord, would we pray about ways that we could give to be a part of transferring and advancing the peace of Christ in this season and around the world. You continue in your time of prayer. You continue in this time of giving. This is your space.